welcome to Mimeo's Talk of the Trade. I'm Mike McNairn. In addition to leading the sales organization here at Mimeo, I'm also interested in unlocking the secrets of sales and marketing. In each episode, I talk with creative leaders to find out how they approach problems like motivating sales teams, structuring the revenue cycle, and fitting product to market. At the end of the conversation, you and I have new takeaways to apply to our everyday life. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Mike McNary here with another episode of Mimeo's Talk of the Trade. Today's episode is Remote Sales Development Teams, How to Onboard, Manage, and Scale Sales Dev Teams in the Modern Workspace. For our episode, our guest is David Delaney. David is the founder and CEO of TenBound. David, we're really pumped to have you today. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to dive in on this. So uh, for folks out there who might not know uh, much about you or your background, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how do you came to focus on sales dev teams? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we started the company five years ago as a consultancy working with B2B SaaS companies that have SDR teams or are thinking about, you know, building their SDR teams. And uh, we work with them to provide guidance, playbooks, training, coaching, pretty much everything that they need to be able to stand up one of the teams and make it successful. And then on the other side, we have a, a research center and, and content engine that, that helps people to learn more about the SDR sales development space and how to get better at running the teams and, and you know individuals who are doing the job uh, on the content side. That's great. I'd imagine a lot of organizations are looking for your services or services like yours. If you don't get sales dev right, it's very difficult to get the rest of the sales funnel correct. I look at it as the connective tissue um, in a lot of organizations between marketing and sales to just make sure you know nothing falls through the cracks and and that you're targeting your your high value accounts in the right way with uh, consistent prospecting and and yeah, like you said. Uh, you you, you got to keep doing it uh, day after day, month after month to make sure that you got the pipeline you need. I think about it sometimes with sales dev teams. If you're looking for a sales dev leader, finding somebody with more than 10 years experience is, is almost doesn't exist, right? Because it's a newer <laughs> concept, post-predictable revenue. And, you know, a lot of folks weren't thinking about their funnel in this way. Yeah, I mean, there's so much there, right? Because a lot of people get into sales development as a sort of a bus stop, you know, in their career. They 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 want to do it for six to eight months and then move up to become an account executive or get into marketing right. or you know get 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 their foot in the door at a company. And so, very few of them end up going into the management path. And then from there, you know, some people are just not managers, right? And they yep. want to go back and, and become a sales rep or get into a different line of work. So yeah, to your point, finding experienced leaders who have done this consistently for 10 plus years is nearly impossible. And we essentially rounded up all of our advisory services into a fractional management program. And so companies come to us and they go, can you just fill the gap here for six to 12 months while we find somebody? And, right. and uh, that's that program has really taken off. So, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Good for you guys and good good for 10 bound. Let's dig into the, the uh -huh. discussion for today, you know, talking about sales development teams in the modern you know workspace, so to speak. Uh, you know, you're seeing previously in office sales that teams go hybrid or even remote. 
Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges or even risks that organizations are facing with that shift? You know, when we when we first started working with SDR teams, um, it was very rare that they would be remote. I mean, I we probably had a handful of clients over the course of like three years where any of the SDRs were remote. And then, you know, obviously COVID hit and, and we have the situation where now it's completely reversed. Literally all of our clients are are 100% remote. And, and so to your point, it, it creates um, a tremendous amount of, of challenges. Um, you know, and and I'll caveat that not a hundred percent remote. There is also the hybrid aspect, and and uh, right. you know, what that entails of having some people in the office and some people out. So it, it's it's um, <laughs> I wouldn't say mayhem, but it's it's crazy out there. Um, right. And and there's so many factors that we could dive into. I mean, one is that usually the the SDR is someone who was recently you know graduated from college and this could be their first job and and their home life might not be the most stable and you know they might have five roommates and now you know they go from <laughs> college to this really high pressure job and it's just like wow um that that's a challenge and yeah i think the uh, how quickly People are having to make this shift too, yeah. right? It has been very difficult for for organizations, right? It, like you said, historically, uh, in office was the model that most teams went to for sales dev, and then all of a sudden we're saying, well, you know, there is no in office, right? So, yeah. so how do you navigate that? Why don't we kind of start at the, the the top of you know a sales development team member coming on board, right? Uh, one thing organizations have thought about. Uh, very, uh, very strategically throughout the years is onboarding, right? How do we onboard these new, as you said it, uh, early uh, stage professionals, right? Maybe just post-college, first or second job, right? Getting them to understand the fundamentals is so important, right? So how are teams navigating onboarding uh, differently now that the landscape has changed in the way that it has? So, you know, it, it was always important to really think through that first couple of weeks that they're on board and and make sure that there's a there's a game plan in place. So, uh, I yeah. would say first and foremost, if if you if you haven't thought through the first couple of weeks and and uh literally like a, a game plan, you know, for the first couple of weeks, then that's where you have to start. Now, a lot of companies you know, had something like that, that, but there would be still a lot of downtime, you know, in the office where they just sort of were walking around meeting people and, 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 uh, you know, fitting more in. Yep. Whereas here, literally, um, you know, we're recommending you, you sit down and you think of it hour by hour, you know, what are they going to be doing um, to get um, onboarded as quickly as possible and, and feel like they're connected, you know, to the company and the culture it's it's uh, a lot of zoom calls and you know yeah. slack notifications making sure that they are that they have something going on throughout the day at least for the first couple of weeks yeah no i i, I agree uh, if somebody is not able to come out of that first couple of weeks with good fundamentals or a good baseline you know in terms of company knowledge you know basic pitch uh, it's difficult to catch up right? Because things move so quickly right after that onboarding, I think in most organizations at least. And then if uh, you look at it now and say, well, we have a new onboarding process and it's not as effective, it could cripple all of your kind of new hire efforts in some way, shape or form, 
you know, big time. It, so. It's got to be really strategic and and really thought through on what they're going to be doing. Because if if you imagine, I mean, we've all been there. You show up at a job and there's like an hour's worth of work. You look through the manual and then you got another seven hours. You're sitting there at your desk yep. and um, you're just like, what, what is, what am I supposed to do? Right. But now um, you're at home and you know, it, there, there's plenty of stuff that you can do. And, and distraction right. is, is the probably the number one issue right now out there. You, you want to think of it this way. What, what's the, um, the onboarding plan that I can put into place that will get them enough knowledge to be able to write an email, uh, talk on the phone with a prospect, understand our systems to the point where they can start you know, going outbound um, and, and, and gives them that foundational knowledge of the company over the course of two weeks. I agree completely, right? You want to make them uh, have enough knowledge to be dangerous, right? And then they can develop their own, you know, within your system or within your framework, org by org, uh, make them able to develop their own sort of identity on the phones and in their messaging so that they can be, uh, become someone that grows and, and feels comfortable being creative and trying new things, but has to have those fundamentals, you know, locked down. So it is so important. Is there a best in class that you've seen of recent onboarding or is there an attribute of, a, of onboardings in this landscape that you think are most effective? Yeah, so there's there's two two answers. The the best in class organizations are the big, you know, legacy software companies that have had BDR and SDR teams since, you know, predictable revenue came out. You know, they those those companies have um enablement people that are dedicated to the SDRs. You know, they've got um, revenue operations people that are dedicated to the SDRs. They've got all the systems, you know, in place, stress tested and, and you know, ready to go for when a new recruit comes in. It's, it's almost like joining the army. You know, you go from a slovenly 18 year old to a fighting machine over the course <laughs> right. of two weeks. I mean, that's, that's best in class. Now, a, a series A, you know, startup, you, you can you can replicate that to the best of your ability, but you know we've all got a million things that we have to do. Right. Um, but but it's just it's just making sure that in sales development, there's 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 b- three big things that you have to think about: they're people, the processes, and the tech stack. And and usually when we come into a company one, two, or three are, are broken. You might've hired the wrong people. Your process is not you know, documented and followed by everybody, or you don't have the right tech stack and it's not, you know, your systems don't work. Right. So when you're thinking about the onboarding from a remote perspective, you got to get the people right. I mean, they have, there, there has to be a level of maturity to be able to work from home. You've got to have some kind of playbook, you know, to follow, um, so they know they know what they're doing. And then the the tech stack has to be at minimum, you know, viable tech stack to get it all set up. You're right. If one of those is hampered or uh, you know isn't contributing to you guys uh, being productive as an organization, then it's probably holding you back in some way, right? And and that's another thing too, right? Thinking about hiring different people, maybe in, in this remote environment, you know, sales development. Um, it's a large pool sometimes, but things have changed and there's a lot of uh, uh, roles out there that uh, folks are going for. A lot of folks being hired in their first sales positions in, in the last, say, six to 12 months and getting an opportunity to be an SDR. 
you know, is there an attribute maybe you would look for in a person as a prospective new SDR that maybe is more important now than it was before the pandemic and folks were in office? Yeah, you know, and that that's been one of the one of the good things about you know, being more acceptable to have SDRs working remotely because there was sort of a stereotype, you know, going into it of a young square jawed, you know, college athlete, you know, that would come right. in and, and it, it almost created like a, a, a jock, you know, atmosphere, you know, in the bullpen, you know, and everybody sweating it out, making cold calls, you know, and, and now, mm-hmm. now it's, it's like, um, it could be, anywhere in the United States or, you know, wherever you're based, but also in the world, you know, it really lays out the, the, the talent pool, um, you know, to be global at this point, as long as you can understand, you know, what they're saying on the phone and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and to your point, it, it, it opens up uh, a whole new talent pool that, that could be amazing for the company, you know, so it doesn't have to be a, college graduate, you know, with no skills, it could be somebody who's just, you know, maybe they were a field sales rep for a long time. And and now they can't do that because of COVID and, but they're really good on the phone. They're very mature. They follow up on all the KPIs that you put out there and they just crush it, you know, month after month. What could yeah. be better? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I think uh, not only has it opened up to, as you said, a broader talent base, right? But also, there are some interesting things that come into play if you, you look at the cost models and geographically um, kind of uh, tuning what you're willing to pay for a sales development representative, right? And what you can maybe uh, hire in certain markets for that price point, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still shocked that there's SDR teams in San Francisco. I mean, and, right. and there's big ones. I mean, we we do our we do an annual sales development conference in San Francisco, and and the place is packed, you know. I mean, it's still here, but you know, from a business perspective, for a lot, uh, you know, even before the pandemic, a lot of the sales teams would be stood up in like Utah and Nebraska and Kansas and these places mm-hmm. um, because super high talent pool, super bright, you know, hardworking people, but that you know, a much lower price point than here in the Bay. Yeah, it'll be interesting if. You know, if we think that this remote uh, scenario is here to stay, right? If all companies can solve for the remote SDR environment, make it successful and scalable and manageable for their orgs, you know, do do the major city, uh, you know, being the hub for sales development representatives, does that go by the wayside, right? Do we find even a, a further push towards the lower cost uh, labor markets? Uh, to get talent for SDRs, it, it could go that way in the next five to ten years if this is the new norm. Yeah, definitely. Even taking it a step further, it's like the the SDR job can be broken out into specialties, and and a lot of it is doing research and finding information and kind of connecting the dots and and making sure that you have the right email and phone number and stuff like that. Now yep. that whole back office portion that's not customer facing could be outsourced anywhere in the world, you know, as long as they have got a computer, yeah. you know, to, to have an SDR that's making hundred K, you know, in downtown San Francisco, searching through databases for, you know, five hours a day makes absolutely no sense. They should be really the, the, the end 
result of the research, putting that together into an interesting message and making sure they get it in front of the right audience and say the right thing. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really, you know, use that skill set for higher ROI activities. No, no doubt. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so we talked a little bit about onboarding and, and what I'm hearing is that, you know, it's always been incredibly important, which I agree with, uh, especially in sales development, but it's become even more so now maybe because, you know, you've got to do it well and you've got to do it in this uh, new landscape. Let's talk about managing teams once they're on board, right? So you have sales development uh, uh, stakeholders that are maybe three, four, five months in. Being in office was valuable to these these folks. You know, I can remember when I was a young sales professional, some of the real time coaching that I got from my managers right after a call, or you know, maybe a call together, something that they just overheard me uh, engaging with a customer or pitching someone on on our products or services. That was so invaluable to me. How how can managers fill the void created here by remote work? You know, how do you replace the real time coaching? The bad news is you really can't. I mean, right. trying to replicate that that bullpen, you know, of a bunch of hungry sales reps, like you know, and all the energy and the learning and the water cooler and stuff like that. I mean, that that really is is important. And, and it's, uh, you know, until we're back in the office or in some kind of hybrid situation, we got to figure out what to do to sort of replicate that because we're losing all that tribal knowledge and, and the relationships too. You know, you, you, you probably, some of your best friends are still the people that you were cranking out, you know, cold calls with, you know, back in the you day, said it. you know you what said I mean? It. And so how mm-hmm. do we replicate that? And, and so one thing to really think about is, there's so much great technology out there to to be able to replicate some parts of that. It, it really uh, is important for people running the team or or who are enabling SDRs to understand the different types of technologies that can support sort of recreating that experience that they used to get back in the office. One thing to think about is um, there's there's technology coming out that's sort of almost like a co-pilot to the SDR that sort of pops out from the um, their 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 browser window and and gives them real time advice even mm-hmm. sometimes based on what someone's saying on the phone and um, you know it becomes a repository of of knowledge that other SDRs are putting in there um, on how to um, respond. There's a cost for these things, and so it depends where you are, you know, in your business life cycle. But um, I definitely think about what is the what is the technology that could uh, support them, you know, to be able to somehow replicate that tribal knowledge. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, and I think you're right that you know finding another way to prompt that situational coaching, whether it's through yeah. tech or you know uh, more shadowing, or even using tech to to drop in on phone calls. There's a few different ways to tackle it, but. Um, I think that it's something that teams I know are having a tough time trying to replicate, right? And to your point, I think tech is probably the way that this will eventually go if remote is here to stay, right? We're always building newer and better ways to have um, some of these tools and platforms uh, replace some things that are uh, maybe not able to or don't have a high ROI for managers to do themselves. And this could be a great example of of where this might go. Yeah, and just... Two quick examples, just to to put some meat on the bone. Yeah. Uh, one 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 is uh, using Zoom as sort of just an open office 
hour, you know, during mm-hmm. the during the day where the manager and all the SDRs are just sort of on an open Zoom window um, as they're making calls and uh, you know, going through through their day, and they can just sort of chat with each other. And you know, again, it's two dimensional. It's not as it's not as great as being in the office, but at least there's that real time openness that happens. the The other thing to think about is uh, it's more for AEs, but um, there's the conversational intelligence technology where calls are are you know with the knowledge of the individual on the other end, their calls are being recorded. And then they're 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 analyzed um, by the by the a- AI with these these companies, and you can get a lot of really great information and coaching based on what the reps are actually saying when they're talking to prospects and customers. And th- this has just been like a game changer for remote work because, as an SDR manager, for example, you can't sit there for like six hours and listen to somebody make calls, you know, on a splitter like in the old days. Um, (laughs) So, so these recording technologies will kind of synthesize things. You'll hear where they're having challenges, where they're struggling and stuff like that. And you can use that for coaching, um, you know, from a remote perspective. Those tend to have a huge upside in my opinion, uh, based on, you know, the price point for some of those technologies for, you know, per seat cost. I think there's uh, so many, so much gains that can be realized by leveraging something like like a gong or something similar, um, because you know being able to dig right into where the the meat of a conversation happened or where the objection came and either did or did not overcome it, and um, it makes managing so much more efficient and effective when you have those tools. Now you mentioned earlier kind of the tribal water cooler, you know that's another memory I have of, you know, my early sales career was learning from my colleagues, right? Hearing them on the phone, um, trying to share these uh, common experiences with each other, um, overhearing conversations, things that worked and didn't work. I think it gave me a really good sense of what good sounded like, right? Which is so important. How How can managers now promote that uh, you know, we'll call it sharing or collaborative culture for SDRs, uh, you know, peer to peer in the new uh, remote world. If you're an SDR manager or an executive, like a CMO who's in charge of the SDRs, which we see sometimes, you know, um, mm-hmm. you, you have a lot on your plate, you're, you're preparing a lot. Have the SDRs bring in their work to the meetings, to the team meetings and, and bring in examples of calls bring in examples of emails that worked well, bring in examples of, of um, you know, social media touches that went back and forth and, you know, have them explain why it worked or even, uh, you know, the negative examples. Like I, I put in a lot of time on this and nothing came of it. And, and you know, by having them do the prep work and, and, and you sort of facilitating the conversation, then you know it's it's not just the manager having to do all the the training right. you know from manager down it's it's uh, you know pulling it out and what i hear over and over again with with successful sdr teams is that by uh, following the trends and what's working on the team and really pulling that thread and then putting putting that knowledge throughout the rest of the team makes a huge difference in their performance um, because there's there's no like generic um, SDR program, 
it be, because each company is calling on a different industry, different personas, they have different scripts and stuff like that. So it's really what works specifically for your industry and personas and, and the SDRs are the best way to find out what, what's working. Yeah, no, yeah. so true. And it sounds to me, you know, at the least you need to be doing some best practice sharing in your team meetings. If not, maybe yeah. in this day and age, setting up unique additional meetings that are maybe centralized around best practices uh, uh, you, you know, solely, right? Let's have a, a session where everybody comes in and brings in their good or their bad, as you mentioned, um, so that those takeaways can be scaled out to the rest of the team. So much of this is done in one-on-ones, right? I, I see it all yeah. the time. You know, managers are really good at the, the one-to-one coaching, the call uh, recording analysis, you know, role plays. But I think doing it team-wide has a lot of benefits that could even multiply the the positives. You know, one one quick thing to think about too is that um, a lot of a lot of SDRs don't know much about the industry and the people that they're calling on. They're they're just you know, again, they they might be new to the industry. They don't have a lot of the vocabulary or the business acumen, and and they they don't have a lot of understanding of, of who they're actually calling on and what their problems are. So yeah, yeah. that it, that's a rich vein of training and coaching for them, especially if someone's like a high potential SDR. They might become your best sales rep, you know, down the road. And the more that they know about you know, the industry and the vocabulary and the pain points of the prospects, the more, you know, valuable they're going to become to the company. So hardly anybody spends any time on that with the SDRs. And it's a huge uh, missed opportunity. Would you advise maybe teams to consider doing a different manager to SDR ratio with the new landscape? You know, we're talking about how much more a manager has to to kind of contend with, right? And how uh, difficult it is to get some of the coaching and some of the, um, you know, onboarding and fundamental building that, that you need so, so uh, vitally. Would more managers make sense or do we want to lean on tech and, you know, uh, creative thinking more often than that? Yeah. And I mean, just being around for a long time and, and seeing a lot of teams, um, the, the importance of a good experience manager cannot be over. <laughs> Overestimated. I agree. agree. And when you get past like a one to eight, you know, one to 10 ratio, you you really need to think about bringing in another manager. For sure. And nobody wants to hire a manager, right? Because what do they do? They just suck up resources. But, you know, the the importance of a great manager who people really respect and, and, does a great job cannot be understated. They're like the sergeants, you know, in the army. A good sergeant can run his. In his or her, you know, troop through hell and back, um, and and so managers are super important. I would even go so far as to say, if you're if you're thinking about you know starting or your your SDR program is failing and and there's something wrong, e- even if you don't have eight SDRs, hire the manager early, you know, and and um, they can kind of do some SDR work and run the programs until they come to a, a one to eight ratio, but um, have them in there laying down the systems, writing the scripts, thinking about onboarding, doing all the manager stuff. And then once that's really you know solid, now you start adding the SDRs back in. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's yeah. a good answer. Uh, let me ask you, I guess one last question 
So we've talked all about how things have changed, right? And I think what I'm hearing from you is some potentially positive things to come out of these changes, but also some obstacles, right? Things that uh, organizations and managers are having to navigate in, in this new world. So, you know, say that the pandemic, fingers crossed, uh, you know, becomes more manageable, uh, you know, globally. Do we see this trend of remote sales development teams stay? Or is this something for the moment, but will go away, in your opinion, uh, the minute people can get everybody back in office for this role? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Because uh, now that the genie's out of the bottle and people realize that they can live anywhere and they can do mm-hmm. be an SDR, you know, in a camper van with a satellite dish, you know, from Yosemite, yep. um, are, are <laughs> they going to want to go back, right? And, and right. And have to commute for an hour and, you know, sit in the office and the fluorescent lighting, you know, and all this stuff that they, they, they think I, I, if I had a crystal ball, I would say, um, you know, that there'll be, there'll be a a hybrid model and, um, and there'll be benefits to, to having them remote because of all the things that we've been talking about. Um, But there's also a, a lot of benefits even for the SDR of being in the office, because usually the CEO is going to be in the office. The VP of sales is probably going to be in the office a lot. The CMO is. And so, you know, you, you, you want to be in the power center of the, of the company. If, 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 if that's your thing, you know, and you, you want to, you know, grow with the company uh, you're going to have to go to the office, you know? So, so I, 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 short answer is I think we're looking at a hybrid world post-pandemic with pluses and minuses uh, on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I tend to agree with your take on it. And you're right. There's going to be, I think, a shift that may not be reversible uh, on both sides, right? Both for the employers and the employees. And it'll be interesting to see how that sort of reconciles out in the market. Uh, you know, when the time comes, which I think we all hope is sooner rather than later. Listen, great, great talk, uh, David. I, I've appreciated, uh, you know, your take on some of these very timely uh, matters tied to sales development organizations and, um, you know, having to to navigate some of this stuff myself. I think a lot of this intel is very valuable. So I want to thank you for being on on the pod. If, if David, if, if anybody in our audience wanted to get in touch with either you or with 10bound and learn a little bit more, what's the, the best way for them to go about doing so? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's uh, 10, T-E-N-B-O-U-N-D.com, 10bound.com. And uh, probably best way is j- jump on the newsletter because we put one out once a week and it's got all the different events and everything that we're doing there. Very good. I advise anybody wanting to learn more to reach out to David. Thanks again, David, for your insight and for joining us today. Tune into our next episode for my conversation with Jeff Risley, founder of the Sales Mental Health Alliance. Here's a sneak peek. If you think about all those different things that sales leaders and sales organizations focus on in terms of metrics, calls being made, uh, their ability to negotiate, their ability to be confident, enthusiastic, to think on their feet, all of these different skills, traits, and abilities, it's rooting back to the health of the mind. So if you think about it, why are we trying to tackle all of these different sales skills individually, as opposed to thinking, well, the greatest way to improve performance, well, it all roots back to the health of the mind. So if we improve that health of the mind by 1%, that's going to have a direct impact on every single other aspect that that person is 
actioning every single day. And that's really what sort of the data from the World Health Organization, from Deloitte, some of the kind of survey research that I've done, there's this really strong correlation of about four to one return on investments. Every dollar invested into scaled up treatment for common mental health disorders, like anxiety, like burnout, there's a $4 return on improved health and productivity. So it's huge. It's like, it's the biggest opportunity that every individual salesperson and every organization is missing right now that could dramatically change everything. Subscribe to Talk of the Trade for that upcoming episode and more. For now, thanks for listening. Talk of the Trade is hosted by Mimeo, the better way to print. Find out more at www.mimeo.com.